This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help DJs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to get a 50% deposit match. And we're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily sports app, a fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the app store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ace is a leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. It's Chris, Boston Capital Clifford, and Steve, the God of God himself, Shermer. It's Masters Week, baby. It's Masters Week. It's finally here. We made it. We made it past the COVID. We made it, you know, down Magnolia Lane. Jim Nance is going to be in his element. You know, it doesn't have to call games with Tony Roma this week. He's going to do a Nick <laughs> follow, which is probably a step down, actually. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we are in for a wonderful week. It finally is here, and you know, we're just going to sit back and enjoy the best golf tournament of the year. And yeah. it is hands down, it always is. No matter, it always what. is. It, it always is. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like the Masters is always. It, 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 we get it in the fall. It's so. It's very fucking weird. Uh, but listen, I am. I'm absolutely stoked. Field looks good. We we know kind of what we're getting with people, but it's going to be a different field this year, man. Like completely different time of year. Weather's going to be different. It's going to play a little different. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely, and we are here all week to get you ready for. The masters. And I mean, we are really blowing out all the content this week. So usually we just drop one podcast a week, get a couple <laughs> columns from me, get a DFS column too. No, we are doing multiple columns and we're going to do a ton of podcasts. We are doing three podcasts on the golf gambling podcast this week. So the first one is tonight. We're going to be, you know, early masters leans. We're going to talk a little bit about the Houston open, mostly about the guys that are going into the masters, you know, kind of just getting engaged about how they're doing. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to go right into the masters. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, how the golf course is going to play, what we usually want to look at, how the weather is going to impact it. That's going to be a big key this week. And we're going to talk about some other things just to get you really excited. Like, you know, our favorite masters memories, favorite holes that you're going to hear me nerd out about golf architecture. <laughs> we're going to hear Boston Capper try to match me as far as what his favorite holes are and why they are. So we're going to go with that tomorrow. We're going to do an all DFS podcast DraftKings and a thrive lineup. There is everything to go through. All the prices are already out. So I'm oh, already crunching God. numbers. How nice is that, by the way? Like, it, we don't have to wait until late. Like, it's it's nice to be able to start crunching now. Yeah. So behind the scenes, we actually recorded our DFS podcast early on um, last Monday, and they just came out like two hours before <laughs> our podcast. So we were scrambling a little bit. So if our picks are a little hairy, it's okay. But we're gonna do all DFS. We're gonna do DraftKings and Thrive, and then uh, Tuesday. That is a big day. So first, we're gonna have a, a brand new episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast again. 
all betting. It's going to be a full half hour, 45 minutes of our favorite outrights, favorite props, you know, and then just final thoughts about how we think the tournament's going to go. And then we got a couple of bonus podcasts coming up. You know, I'm going to appear on the main show on SGP with the guys. They're going to ask me some questions about some golfers. I'm probably going to tell them that their picks are stupid, like I usually do, <laughs> or their picks are really good. So we'll see. And then we're going to compete. Capper and I are going to go head to head in Let It Ride Masters Edition. And I am licking my chops with this. <laughs> I am been looking forward to this for a week to go head to head with Capper and just school him on master's history. Yeah. You're definitely going to fucking smoke me on that. Listen, I have no, uh, you're, you're like the minus 600 favorite. Okay. Like there's, there's no illusions going in here on what's going to happen. Like I, my memory is shot to shit, uh, <laughs> regardless on remembering what I did last week. Never mind a golf tournament fucking seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> but there I am looking go. forward to it because guess what? You just need a chip and a chip baby. That's it. A chip in a chair. And I could take you down. <laughs> exactly. We're going to get a big, a lot of influx on public money coming on a capper about plus three fifty or plus seven fifty <laughs> or so. So yeah. So guys, you know, at, so the only way to do it right now, this little trailer is on sports gambling podcast network right now, go over to our feed golf gambling podcast. You're going to get the rest of the content there. Subscribe rate and review, please, please. We work really hard for this guys. We want to yeah. give you great content every week. Go do that, and then you can be as sharp as we are for the Masters by getting all the content we're going to provide this week. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's Masters week, man. We're going to pop out a ton of content. We're going to try to keep those screens green for you boys. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I guess I, how do you want to jump off, man? You just want to kind of talk about the course a little bit? And, uh, or well, I mean, I, I think why don't we talk about the Houston Open first? I okay. mean, because there's some things that there's some things that happen. To, I know you didn't watch anything because you were uh, on the golf course doing <laughs> real golf, golf today, today, you yeah, know, having exactly. fun. But uh, no, I mean, I so I watched the end. There's some things that happen today that are very, very interesting heading into the Houston Open, mainly just because of how well Dustin Johnson and Kepka did on the weekend. I mean, so DJ and Kepka both had really, really strong weekends. Um, over the weekend, Dustin Johnson gained seven and a half strokes T to green. He didn't even put all that great too. I think he lost strokes putting today as well. And I think there was a little bit of concern. I know with you, and I think a little bit with me, just how we would come back with COVID. Yep. He was a little rusty on Thursday and then he came back just on fire, uh, the rest of the day. So I, I mean, that's, that's, he was really he was, encouraging. He was fire on Friday. Like, I, I, so I had him uh, over two and a half bogeys on, on my thrive uh, lineup on Friday. Cause he looked so fucking rusty. Nah, not so much, not so fast. No. Like, God damn. I got smoked on Friday. I did not do well on Friday in, <laughs> in thrive. <laughs> like not even close. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So he looks ready. I mean, Kepka did what he always does. You know, he's like, what was he? Five hundred today? Yeah, I, I believe so. And actually his, his post round interview was really interesting. So he said on Thursday and Friday, he switched to a new driver, didn't hit all that great, went to an, his old driver Saturday, Sunday and hit awesome. So immediately, cause I'm a stats guy, I went to the statue. I'm like, all right, is this really true? Do you do better? And he did. So he only gained about a stroke total off the tee round one and round two made the, the, uh, the driver adjustment shot 65, 65 on the weekend and gained about 2.4 total off the tee. So there was definitely a big improvement with the driver there overall in the weekend, he gave about five and a half strokes tee to green. He putted pretty good too. I mean, he's, he's ready to go and he's going to need it because you know, it's, he's going to need to bring the big firepower if he wants to take out the, uh, the big boy. So, so we'll talk about that. And so you you posted that article in uh, in Slack about what Bryson's fucking score or whatever. Like I don't know if it's just in my head and just me being me. Like 
man, I just, dude, I just want to dig my heels in and just fuck, fuck this shit. I'm fading them. <laughs> like, I know it's so stupid to fade Bryson at this point, but God damn it, man. Like, I don't, I don't want him to do what he does to Augusta. Well, I don't want it either, but I mean, it, it, this is, you know, I, he's just a freight train running down the rails right uh, now. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it too. I mean, a couple other guys, I mean, Tony Finau, big disappointment. Today. No way. Uh, no way. Finau I, disappointed. He was in contention. How about Hideki? That wasn't finally great. fucking coming it, through. Hideki finally Fuck had a good Fuck iron up. week and a good putting week. I know. Oh. And he came up just a little bit short, but you know, I mean, listen, that's really <laughs> encouraging. So heading to the masters, which probably is going to be a little bit of a birdie fest. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit, but I mean, he played good. Terrell had a great Sunday too. Yeah, I mean, he's got some good. momentum. Jason day didn't do very well today, but like overall his ball string. Oh, was really good. Really he actually, good. yeah. I mean, he actually lost strokes putting for the week. Which so is that's not I mean, Jason day. No, it's not. I mean, he's got a pretty good track record at Augusta as well. And listen, like he's had some clunkers the last couple of months, but he's had some really good, uh, showing as well. I mean, he could be one of those like turning points in a DFS lineup as far as like, you know, I mean, he could be really good and carry over the top or just completely bust out. So, you know, I mean, we'll see, um, you know, Scotty Scheffler bookend two really good rounds. He was really good in round one and uh, he was really good today. Awful on Friday and Saturday. So who knows where we get for him? Uh, Sung Jay continues to look horribly mediocre. I, I can't figure the guy out. So I don't know. And then Spieth, Speed. What's what's there left to say? Speed, man. What sucks, especially going into Masters Week. Like, I mean, uh, he his his win and his meltdown, both two of my favorite memories <laughs> from the Masters. I know. You know I mean? Like, like <laughs> the meltdown was amazing. Like, just great television to watch. Uh, and his well, wins great too. Yeah. So let's get this. So what are your favorite masters memories? So, cause I mean, that's, that's definitely up on my list. Yeah, 2016 is memorable for me for a lot of reasons. So I'll, yeah. I'll let you go first though. Yeah. So, so that's definitely one for me when Phil finally came through. Um, that was cool to watch. And that was before I even really liked Phil. I just felt like, man, like, dude, this poor prick <laughs> like coming in second, never win. You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that. And then, I mean, listen, I, I know it's recency bias, but dude, last year, when Tiger won, when no one said Tiger was going to win, what a great, what a great tournament. And then you know what, one of my, you know, one of my least favorite uh, memories is, is when uh, Tiger got pegged for that stroke because some asshole sitting on his couch called in and he, he something happened and he had to get a penalty and his card was wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? I was like, yeah, I think it was, I think it was 2011. Third, it was, it was 11. He hit, yeah. So we hit it. So we hit it on the wa- in the water on 15. And then he took an illegal drop. Apparently, I yeah. mean, some asshole on the got couch. DQ'd. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, whatever. well, they That's they got cool. rid of that rule, thankfully. Thank, but thankfully. I, but yeah, yeah, so that. I'm sorry. Go keep going. I was going to say like, that's one of my least favorite, but like, I mean, uh, I think Adam Scott, when Adam Scott won, that was pretty cool. Um, but I mean, shit, shit, man, just last year, like I, I really felt bad for Molinari and uh, my, my least favorite gambling things was what happened to Molinari. Cause I was very heavy on Molinari last year um, and just watched all that money just get lit on fire. But yeah, what a, yeah. What a story. Yeah. 2019 was, I mean, it's bittersweet because you saw a tiger win. That was great. But I had money on Xander that week. <laughs> I had money on Kapka that week. I took live on Molinari after Saturday. I thought it was over. Oh, it too. wasn't. It certainly was. So, I mean, so that, I mean, that's, that's a great memory. I mean, for me, my favorite master of all time is definitely 2004, just because 
I mean, Phil won. I mean, like I always like seeing the guy get over the hump. Same thing with 2017. I know that wasn't very popular. I know Sergio's not a you know popular guy, but like with him winning on 17, that was really cool. That was that really year. cool. I mean, just had the baby. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that was a really good duel between him and Justin Rose because Sergio looked dead on 13. He hit it over past Ray's Creek, and then he had getting you know. Uh, he scrambled for par and then Justin Rose three putted kind of leave the door open. Right. And then Sergio hit the pin on 15. He eagled that hole. I think he buried 16. Right. So, I mean, that was a good masters. Um, I mean, my best masters from a gambling perspective is definitely 2016. Cause I was on D- Danny Willett that year and just watching speed slowly we collapse. <laughs> well, actually it wasn't even slow. Like no. it, it was within like it was 40 quick. minutes. It was over. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he was up five heading into the back and he bogeyed 10, he bogeyed 11 and he quadded <laughs> number 12. <laughs> that, that, that was unbelievable. That, that he was, so you, you said it was like, it was slowly. No, he was, he was sunny uh, from the Godfather pulling up to the, uh, <laughs> to, to the rest stop. And all those guys came out with the Tommy guns and just killed him. That was it. That, Speed, done. <laughs> That, 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 that's a great comparison. Actually, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, like, I, I think a lot of hip golf hipsters look at 2011 as one of their favorite masters. I mean, it's one of mine too, just because, I mean, Rory was up what three strokes, four yeah. strokes heading into the final day. And then, you know, he was doing okay. The front nine. And then he just blew it just kind of like a little bit like speed did. I mean, he, uh, he went triple on 10. He went bogey on 11 and he I doubled 12. That. I forgot. And then that. that was it. But I mean, but but that back nine. Do you remember all the guys on the back nine who had a shared league? Because I have a list right here, is and I have a list of what their betting odds were too. I mean, how crazy is this list? So here's all the guys on the back nine on Sunday who had a shared league. Ready? So Tiger Woods, he was nine to one before a tournament to win. Okay, Luke Donald, twenty five to one. Back when he was relevant, <laughs> and now we're getting some some real long shots that probably were. I mean, I didn't have this is before I started gambling on golf, but like I can imagine some guys are actually you know on these guys who are just going nuts. KJ Choi, sixty to one, had a share of the lead on the back nine. <laughs> Adam Scott, sixty six to one, he had a share too. Jeff Ogilvie, sixty six to one as well. Jason Day, a hundred to one. It looked like he was probably going to win. I mean, like that would have been a big ticket for somebody to catch there. Uh, Angel Cabrera was a hundred to one. Uh, Bo Van Pelt, 150 to one. He was in the mix too. And then the winner, Charles Schwartzel, who I don't think anybody was on because no one no. probably ever heard of him. He was a hundred to one to win. No so one's on. no one's on yeah. even. But that, he could have like that a four a, shot lead in any tournament. People are like, yeah, I'm good. I'll take who who's behind them. We're good. <laughs> right. So I mean, but that was a good Masters. 2012 was good too. Just the Bubba and uh, Uswee's in uh, Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, see, Bubba with like with that with that ridiculous shot, right? Was that was that 2012 when he had that ridiculous shot? Yeah. So Louis was 66 to one heading into the heading into the Masters, and it looked like he was going to win just because Bubba was in the pine straw on 10, and then Bubba hit probably the best shot I've ever seen. Oh my god, it's insane! It's It's insane, real. Like if you look on Google maps of like how he had to curve the ball, I think actually remember that show sports science yeah. on ESPN. Yeah. yeah. So they actually did a special on Bubba Watson, like how far he had to curve it. And not only did he hit the green, he hit to like 10 feet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then it just, it just, you know, sucked the life out of him. And then uh Bob was 50 to one to win that tournament. So, I mean, listen, there, there are not just from like a golf fan perspective. There's a lot of great things to like about the master. There's a lot of great gambling moments in yeah. this tournament too, just because there's so many swings down the back nine. There's so many ways you can score. Uh, it's just 
listen, this is why this tournament's great. This is probably why it's the most famous tournament just for fans and gamblers, just because it's it's so much fun to gamble on and just watch and see play out. So as far as like watching goes this week, like if you don't have direct TV, you're basically fucked, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's the online coverage. Uh, they do the feature holes. That doesn't kick on until like two o'clock in the afternoon, right? No, they, they start to, whenever they roll through like Amen corner, they kick it on. So, okay. so there's, there's that. Um, they also do, uh, they were the first ones to do like every shot live. Yeah. Well, not every shot live, but like you can see how they hit the shot. So that's right. pretty cool. Apparently they have a new feature now. I don't, I, I got to see how this works, but you can pick your groups oh, so you can I'm follow sorry. different. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Different guys. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So, so, so we'll see how that happens. But I mean, like, I mean, so Augusta national, they own all the broadcast, right? So whatever you see this week, even though it's the CBS broadcast, they're controlling everything. So it's, it's going to be top notch. It's going to be familiar. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I, but you know, what's not great though. They don't do sh- uh, strokes gain stats. They do shot link. They don't, they don't allow that access, which is for a gambler's perspective. A nightmare. Not great. Uh, a nightmare. Not great. But yeah. you can watch, you can, you can watch. I mean, it, so because of how much coverage you get, you can, you can definitely take a look and you can see and get that feel, you know, of, of who's doing what, when, but yeah, I mean, no, yeah. It's not yeah. I mean, and, and it helps they play this major at the same place over and over. You, you can gauge how the weather is. You can gauge like what types of guys work there, how the wind and the rain and the temperatures affect the golf course, which we'll heavily talk about. Yeah, later. Let's, let's talk about that now. Yeah. Like, right. So, I mean, obviously uh, we're, we're in the fall, right? Uh, so it's not where we normally are. Um, uh, I'm in Florida. We got rain coming uh, Monday and Tuesday uh, from a hurricane or whatever it is like a dispersed tropical serum. So uh, it's going to affect Augusta. So, I mean, what's that going to do, man? I mean, I mean, School us a little bit on what we think is going to happen. All right, so I'll play Al Roker for a second. All right, Come so on. so 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 there's Don't shit your there's pants. basically <laughs> so there, there's three there's three factors that play into how Augusta plays: temperature, wind, and moisture. So when the ball is hot, I mean, if you go to any tournament, if the, when it's hotter temperatures, the ball is going to fly farther. So usually in hot, hot, hotter temperatures, the scores are a little lower per round just because guys going out there, they get a higher lofted iron to the greens because it's pretty hard to hit some of these greens where some of the pins are. It's a really small target. Anytime you're hitting close to the green, have an iron hand, I like, you know, that helps. So when it's hotter, lower scores, when it's colder, the golf course ferns up, it's harder to hold greens. That's when you kind of see better scrambling be more of a factor just because guys are missing greens. The guy get up and down for par. It's a little trickier around those greens in order to, you know, scramble there. So colder temperatures means lower scores. Uh, when there's wind, obviously just with any golf course, it's just, you know, you know, target practice, basically uh, when it's windy, especially where some of these holes are, that's swirling. There's a lot of crosswinds. It makes it very difficult. So more wind, low, higher scores, less wind, lower scores. And then finally moisture. So, I mean, the big thing a lot of people talk about is how there's these sub air, uh, machines underneath all the greens. So they can basically pay, play God as far as how much moisture is in there. But if you get a little bit of humidity on the golf course, if the greens kind of soak that up a little bit, it makes it a little more receptive. Like anytime you get a little moisture on those greens, it helps tremendously. So if there's a little bit of rain during the tournament, it can help, you know, like keep the ball on the green, any humidity makes it a little softer. Um, when there's no rain though, it makes it firm and fast, makes it harder to hold greens. That's when you see iron play be more you know, important, you see scrambling be more important. So basically when it's hot, 
there's some moisture, there's no wind, it's a bomber's paradise. When it's cold, it's windy, you know, it's firm, that's when you see it's more of like a European style event. So what are we getting this week? Um, a lot of rain. Lot there of rain. is rain in the forecast every single day. There's rain leading up to the tournament. There's rain at Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're expecting maybe an inch of rain on Thursday. Thunderstorms. That's so I mean, much rain. One inch of rain is so much rain. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if they're they're forecasting the hurricane that's going to roll through there or just the remnants, but that's that's not awesome. But uh, apparently, there's going to be a lot of rain. It's cloudy. It's going to be humid, and there's not going to be a whole lot of wind. So the golf course is going to play softer on the fairways, which means shorter hitters aren't going to get a roll. If you're a bomber, you can carry it past most of the trouble because it's going to be hot and humid and the ball is going to fly farther. Not going to be a whole lot of wind. So iron plays going to be really good. And the greens are probably, even though they have the sub air system, it's going to be soft. So, I mean, I think scores are going to be real low, which is disappointing just because we, we are sold if the master was going to be November. It was going to be cold, cold and windy firm. play tougher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're getting basically a standard April masters without the flowers or you know, <laughs> the big bird. Like that. So big bird noise. Yeah. No, there'll be <laughs> fake bird noises. So, but overall, I mean, I, I think that's kind of, kind of probably going to lead me to gravitate towards longer guys just because, yeah. you know, the greens are going to be more receptive. It's going to play longer. So I don't really want to have a longer iron hand. I want a guy who's going to hit it out there past the trouble and then have a wedge into it and then be able to pepper these greens. So I don't think the scrambler is going to have a lot of edges this week, just because I think uh, guys can hit greens at a pretty high rate. Um, you know, and then we'll go from there. When you say low, I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? You thinking it's going to be like a fucking minus 15 or you, like, or yeah, I, I, I think, well, <laughs> if there wasn't a superhuman in this field, I would say the winning score is probably going to be, you know, minus 13, 14, 15. Like what yeah, that's yeah. usually on the, on the higher end of where it is when right. conditions like this, when, when it's tougher, it's single digits. It's like, you know, minus seven, eight, nine. No, I, I think we're going to break double digits under par. Uh, I think the cut's going to be probably around plus one, plus two, especially Thursday, Friday. Like there's gonna be a lot of moisture and the wind doesn't look as bad. Most of the wind, if anything, it's not that significant, but of the wind we're going to get, it's probably Saturday, Sunday. I think the cut line I mean, the problem with the cut here and the masters is it's top 50, but it's a 10 shot rule. And for the first time, I think in a long time last year, it actually played into it. So it did, actually, even though yeah. score, yeah. So even though scores are really low, the leader didn't really get out to a big lead and it bunched everybody up. So I got kind of screwed on that. Like I think the top 50 was actually, I think around like plus two and I took the under of that and it hit plus three. So I lost that bet. But yeah. I mean, keep that in mind. If you do like a over under cut, cut prop uh, this week, but generally is it, speaking, is, I it, think is it plus 10 or plus eight? I thought it was eight. Uh, it's a 10 shot rule. 10 shot. Okay. I thought it was eight yeah. in my brain. No, 10, 10 shot rule, top 50 and 10 shots. So keep that in mind. But I mean, I, if I see a book do like plus three and a half cut, I'm taking the under on that. I, I think it's going to be pretty easy. Like, even though this feels kind of weird, like it's a little bit of a weaker field than we have just because the field got frozen back in March. And there's some guys in this field that probably don't really belong. They're not really playing that great, but even so I, I just, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of teeth in this golf course. Like it could have. 
Yeah, I mean, it does kind of suck with the with all the rain coming in, and like, I mean, it is it's kind of cool up here in northern Florida. Like, I, I mean, I was kind of hoping it might get a little colder up up in the Augusta area. My brother-in-law lives uh, outside of there, and he says it's fine up there right now. Um, yeah, they're they're saying uh, low 80s Thursday and Friday. Yeah, and it might it might get a little colder on Saturday. It might be like 70, yeah. and then like 78 on Sunday. It's usually 75 degrees is about the magic number there. Um, that's when I noticed like there's a, there starts to be a shift as far as low scores and big scores. Um, it's, it's going to be warm, muggy. There's going to be some rain there. Uh, I think it's just going to be a little bit of a dartboard golf. And I think longer hitters are definitely going to have an advantage. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Right. Uh, especially if it's going to play like that. And I, I mean, look, uh, before we start talking about, you know, Bryce and other, some other, the longer hitters that, you know, we like, uh, look, uh, Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC fight island is clear. 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book, which offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there's no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value that's found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bests, and co- contests that they offer every week sign up and get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet and get paid. And they also boast a fully fledged casino platform, which gives you access to all the classic table slot and card games. You'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is my bookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll. Even after the stadium lights have gone out, make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do use a promo code SGP to get deposit match halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200, they'll match you uh, with another hundred in your account. And if you're already planning to bet the season, this is betting free money. It's winning season at my bookie. So join in and on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Use promo code SGP at mybookie.ag. Boom. <laughs> lots of lots of golf bets to be had this week too. Like like uh, for people who uh, obviously listen to this bet on golf. Uh, like this is some time where you can get some uh, get some odds all over the place. This is really important to shop your lines because it's all over the place. It's all types of weird action you can get it on. It's uh, it's pretty nice. Oh yeah, I mean you're gonna have like the low nationality guy. <laughs> oh yeah, all, all the matchups, miscut props, made cut props, you know, hole in one props. That's gonna be something we'll probably talk about on Tuesday. Right. Um, you know, just stuff like that. So as, as far as the golf course, so what's your favorite hole if you had to pick one? <laughs> so it's I like that. It's it's a stupid fucking hole. I like that. It's, I'm bad with holes on golf course. It, what's that really long par three? It's like four or five or something like that. It's like two hundred. Yeah, and not, like, number four is like two forty. Yeah, I do. I love that fucking hole. I have no idea why. I just think it plays tough. Like it, it makes guys think, right? Because you know, what par threes on these things, guys are just trying to stick it close, and now they're just trying to hold hold the green. You know what I mean? Like on a shot like that, they're just trying to hold it. And so, I don't know. I just really like that. And then obviously, amen corner, like whatever. Like there's no better fucking. There's no better 16, 17, 18 in golf. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think my favorite hole. I mean, it's a popular one, but I I love number thirteen, the par, okay. the par five there. I just I I love how it's so secluded. In the back there, they had that one little camera, you know, just looking out to the fairway. It's kind of, it's a tougher tee shot than like people realize just because it, it, the fairway slopes really severely from right to left and you got to hit a draw. So 
you know, most, a lot, most right-handers like to hit fades there. So that's why they got to take a three wood. Uh, and then I just love just the backdrop of, you know, the azalea bushes in the back. I mean, we're going to get the azaleas this year just because it's November, but I just, I love the azaleas there. Uh, if the winds are swirling, it brings race Creek into it. I just, I just always love that hole. I mean, they're going to probably lengthen it, which is probably going to diminish it. I like it how it is. I like that. It's a regional. Yeah. So they bought property again behind the T box on 13 from okay. the Augusta country club, which is right next door. Right. And they put a service road there and they cleared some trees. They're probably going to push the T box back, which I don't like because I mean, it's just going to favor a guy like Bryson again, because there's a huge swath of trees he needs to clear. Right. And if you don't, then it makes it a three shot hole. And I, I like giving guys the option on par fives to go for if they want. Now, right. is it too short now for for modern equipment? Yeah, it probably is. But you know what? Listen, like par generally is it's irrelevant. And if you're going to make that basically a par four and a half and you're going to par that and you're going to take a half stroke penalty on the field, like that's fine. Like, I don't care if it's a birdie hole, just it's all about how you do in relation to everybody else. So I, I just, I like the whole, how it is. I don't really want them to change it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. That's why I was like, wait, but hold on there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, whatever, man. I mean, look, like you said, I mean, because of what Bryson does, because it's not even just Bryson. I mean, you look at all these guys, man. All these guys are so fucking long now. Uh, I mean, they have to do something to be able to defend these golf courses, right? Like we talked about last week, you said bunkers are fucking, you know, useless. You know, they're, they're more for us when we go to these, these courses, uh, pros don't care about it. Like they have to do something to kind of toughen these things up that, that isn't, you know, weather related, right? Like if the winds are up, well, man, you can't, you can't predict the winds, do something to make this golf course a little harder. Right? Like, I know. Well, I mean, we saw this week, I mean, the winning score is what 12 under and yeah. there was some guys that were struggling and it wasn't an overly long golf course. There weren't any bunkers. So, I mean, there's different ways you can make a golf course a little more creative challenges guys on and around the grades. That's kind of what Augusta does. But I mean, we've seen how they tiger proof this place and what we'll talk about my least favorite hole coming up about how they lengthened it and they added all this rough and trees. And that's number seven. That's a okay. pampas. And that is, that's a terrible hole. You know, the hole I'm talking about number seven. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, it's straight away. It's got the three bunkers in front the two in back. It's yeah. tree lined. It's narrow. It just, you look at the hole and it just doesn't fit the rest of the property. Like, yeah. And it didn't used to be like that. So it used to be pretty wide open. There were no bunkers. It was a big green that sloped from uh, like kind of a little sideways there. But you know, back in the fifties, the members complained it was too easy. So they brought in this guy to put in the three front bunkers there. Uh, and then they later added on two more in the back. And then Tom Fazio, when they tiger proof the place, you know, after we ran them up there, they're like, all right, we need to push the rough in. We need to plant all these pine trees and it just looks ugly now. So I, I hate that hole when they play it. So, you know, you know, our hole, I don't like either. And this is unpopular. I don't like number 16. Really? Why? I don't, I, because I think this I mean, listen, it's, it's a, it's a fine hole. Like I love the architecture of it. I love right, right. how I basically know how it plays on Sunday because of where the pin is, but it, the Sunday pin has become a carnival. I think just like everyone plays it the same. You hit it towards the middle of the green, the ball funnels down. Ooh, is it going to go in? And like, it just, it kind of cheapens it. Cause I think we've seen now four straight years, a hole in one. So yeah. like, so I, yeah. just, I, I just, 
I don't know, I man. Like, I'm, I want, maybe I'm a sucker, dude. I love that shit. I'm like, ooh, I'm doing what you just said. You're making fun of. Him. I'm like, ooh, it's rolling back. Let's go. Let's but I go. want, like, I think that should be on third. I think that should be a Thursday pen. Like, okay, you know, that's fine. like a nice introduction. Like, give everybody a chance for birdie. I think on Sunday, when you're really in the thick of it, like, yeah. don't give these guys basically like one of those miniature golf holes where it just kind of funnels all the way down to the middle there. Like, right. come on. Like, I mean, like, listen, I it's a wonderful hole. Like, on with that Sunday pin, it's actually better if you miss short side yourself in that bunker to the left because then you could just use a side slope to get it back down. If you're, if you miss it right, you're making a bogey because it's going to run about six, seven P pass. And then that putt coming back is really tough. So, I mean, listen, it's a good hole. I just, I I'm over the Sunday pen. I, I just, I, I, I can't do it, but if you're going to bet, you know, some of these books aren't that sharp sometimes. And they set like, will there be a hole in one on Sunday at like minus one thirty or something like that? And you should oh, do that because yeah. and 16, that's where it's going to be. And even some books like might even offer like, like, which hole it's going to be. And like, you might catch him napping and right. just bet 16th hole. That's when it's going to be. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, no, who, offer, who offers that? We, we got to talk offline about that. <laughs> who offers the, the bet by hole? Cause that's dangerous. Um, we'll, t- we'll talk offline about a, a nice story I got from that. So. Uh, good deal. So that's funny that you don't like 16. I mean, I, I get like, now that you said it, I mean, I get it. Maybe it shouldn't be a Sunday hole, but I don't know, whatever, man. Like usually I'm so excited by, by Sunday, as long as my guys are still in it. Like, I'm, uh, I'm usually like, yeah, and it's, it's, it's good. It's good entertainment, man. I mean, and that's what they're trying to get right. Jake's take the long ball and uh, people like hole in ones. So yeah. And you hear uh, poor Vern Lundquist, you know, mispronounce someone's name when they get a hole in one there too. They still trot him out. God, God bless him. Oh my God, dude. He's gotta be fucking 80 as well. Right. Yeah, it's actually it wasn't the Masters, but I think it was a 2018 PGA when uh, so they go they flash him. He's like, all right, this is Mike Wallace, and it's Matt Wallace, so not not uh, Mike Wallace, the uh, the journalist. Not, so, not, not know, the good for him. <laughs> yep, not for him. So. Sure. All right, so let's talk about early leans here. So what are you thinking so far? I mean, it's early. You got the DraftKings price out. You got some odds here. So what what where is your head at right now? So I mean, it's it's kind of like what we talked about last week, right? Like uh, I really like Rom. Um, I liked Brooks in theory before this week. And then he, he just solidified it this weekend. Like he looked good and like, man, like played sharp on Sunday, you know, yeah, look, it's a major it's Brooks, you know, um, I don't have to tell you, you're the, you're the Brooks fan club, you know? So, uh, and, and DJ looked good too. I, I mean, I still like, look, Bubba's down to 28 to one. We told, we told you guys last week, was it 50 to one or 40 to one? When I jumped on it last week, he's down to 28 to one. Um, Patrick Reed Hatton looks real good. Like, man, like that dude is, that dude is something like I'm impressed with this hat and cat. Like he, like that dude is a grinder, man. He has been grinding for like five weeks and in contention, like five weeks in a row. He, he has been awesome this year. And I, and I think yeah. what happened was, you know, he wasn't very good for a little bit. He had some wrist injuries and then he won the Turkish open last November. And he apparently had some off the course issues, maybe some personal drama going on, but he's been great. I mean, he won Bay Hill, you know, he's been in contention a lot this year. I mean, he's definitely give me a factor this week. So, yeah. um, so, so do you know Dustin Johnson's DraftKings price? Do, have you seen any of the pricing yet? I haven't looked at any DK yet. All right. So, so here's the here's the guys over ten thousand bucks. So we'll just give you a brief overview, just you know, a little teaser. What is so Bryson DeChambeau, obviously eleven thousand two hundred bucks. He's he's a favorite. Next That's up is enough. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas ten thousand seven hundred. Uh, right behind him, John Rahm ten thousand five hundred. 
Rory McIlroy's 10, 200 and Dustin Johnson, a flat 10. That is. Oh my God. Hold on. Did you guys hear my erection over the podcast? 10,000 flat for DJ. 10,000 flat this week. And and that is because the pricing came out before this week when he had COVID and no one really knew what was going on, but that, that, that is probably 700, 800, 900 bucks too low. Dude, so I'm gonna I, have I I'm gonna have like a hundred percent exposure to DJ now. Thank DJ you. DJ is gonna be the most popular pick, but I mean that's just holy crap. It's ridiculous. Ten K. Ten K flats. So behind him, uh, Xander's ninety eight hundred bucks. Brooks is ninety seven hundred bucks. Our boy, Tiger Woods, ninety one hundred bucks. How you feel about Tiger this week? I mean, <sighs> no. <laughs> like I mean. It's, but I, I don't know, man. It's, it's so tough. Like I, I wanted, I wanted it to be colder to make it easier to fade him with his back and his age, but it's going to be warm. Be a birdie fest. Obviously he's fucking very familiar there and he's very good there. I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think I can pull the trigger this year on it. Like, especially after last year, he already won it. Like what else does he have to prove at this point? Like he won it last year. That was his comeback. His form right now is just so bad. It's not good. <laughs> like it's not good at all, but no, I got, it, I mean, I, I, that's it. No, I, I mean, I got, I got a fade tiger. It is. And so he's played 29 rounds this year. Where is he on my sheet? He has lost. No, he's gained 0.07 strokes T to green, Pure which time. is not great. And there's actually a very important stat with strokes gained T to green heading to the masters. That is very relevant. So seven of the eight last masters winners ranked inside the top 10 in strokes gained T to green heading in. Now the problem this year is there's only been like a handful of tournaments. We have a very small sample size. Right. And if you really want to get someone's long-term form, you got to cross over to last year. But thankfully, because I track this stuff, <laughs> I have the list and I tease this out on Slack today that I gave out that stat and that if you listen to this podcast, I will give you likely the 10 guys. If you want to bet outright, who's going to win? I mean, seven of the late last eight winners have been guys right inside the top 10 strokes gained T to green heading in. So who's the, who's 10, the was it, was it will it? No. So it was Patrick Reed. Actually, he was 20. Really? So, okay. so here's the thing. So, so will it is kind of cheating a little bit just because he only played at like four or five tournaments before that. He didn't qualify for the stroke scene stats, but if he had, he would have been six heading in. Huh. So technically that counts. Even what? last year, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods was ninth heading in really? in the stroke scene TD range. Yeah. So, I mean, the stat holds up. So, all right. So number 10, Bubba Watson. Bubba. Yeah. I mean, he's been on a huge tear lately. Everybody knows, you know, how he's nope. been doing. He's 10th, ninth, Tony Finau. Top five, Tony. Top five, which, Tony. Listen, oh, listen. I I don't know if I can do it again. But Done. Listen. Done. He's been he has been really good at Augusta, so and he does appear on this list. You know, number eight. I think he's going to be super popular again this week. Xander Schauffele. Um, I mean, he's been red hot. He played really well at the CJ Cup. I think guys are going to be all over him again. Number seven is a guy who's been doing really well, TD Green, but the putting has just been atrocious. Colin Morikawa. I mean, we're talking about him as like he's slumping. Listen, he's got the ball striking there, but if this is a birdie fest, I don't know how well it's going to play. And like, listen, like, it's one thing to go to like Harding Park and those greens, but yeah, these greens it, are, these greens are a, nasty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
like there's there's some first time guys here, which I think people are like, oh well, you know, Matthew Wolf did really well at the U.S. Open. Oh, like you know, Kwame Morikawa did well at the PGA Championship. Like going to Augusta, it's yeah, it's, it's a little different with these greens, yeah. So I mean, but he does appear in this list, so he's I guess a contender. Number six, Bryson DeChambeau. It's surprising he's always number six, but remember he went through that really low period, you know, before the PGA and yeah. looked pretty bad. So, but he's on this list, you know, over his last 50 rounds, he's getting 1.14 strokes TD greens. So he's there. Number five, Sergio Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing it all with the ball striking. He's been terrible with the putter. I mean, I don't know how putting with his eyes closed is going to work with Augusta national, <laughs> he does it, but He's on the list and he's a former masters winner. I think he's missed the cut every year since he won though. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Number four back from uh, your, you've checked out a rehab with him. You're all back in on the Decky train. Hideki Matsuyama is number four on this list. So so irritating how he did this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) That was, I mean, we both said, well, the putter's bad and he hadn't been good with his irons. And what do you do? He had his best iron week in a while and he had best putting week in forever. So, Listen, he's rolling in momentum. I think he's gonna be a pretty popular pick just based on you what he think does. So? I like fine. That makes I, me even happy. Second this week. I think I think so. I mean, people are gonna be like, oh, you know, like, I think people are gonna know this stab. Be like, oh, you know, T degree has been great. All right, so all right. all right, and then after Hideki, there is a clear separator between the top three based on everybody's long term. So number three, John Rom gained about a shot and a half Peace. per round T to green. So, I mean, he's, he's great. Number two, Dustin Johnson gained one, 1.62 and number one, this is interesting because this is probably a good weather week for him. Justin Thomas gaining 1.67 strokes TD green in his last 50 rounds. And listen, like he's never been good with the, at the masters. And, but this is favorable weather conditions for him. The wind's not gonna be that bad. It's gonna be soft. He can fire away with his irons. He's long enough. I mean, really? there's a lot he's of places a, he's he can the same ten seven on DK. I know. Second so, highest golf. Dude, dude, JT after after dude. I don't feel like this guy's got the nerves to be able to come come through on a Sunday in Augusta, which means guys just go to the bet. Go I, to the betting window right now and I'm get a ticket watch on to see what his odds do because I don't know if he's going to be all that popular either. But so we'll see. So you know, some guys in honorable mention: uh, Scotty Scheffler. He's 11th on the list. He's gained a full shot to degree. He's not playing very well lately, though. So I don't know about that. Uh, Terrell Hatton's 12th. He's gaining a shot per round to degree. Cantlay is behind him at 0.97. Rory is only 15th on this list, and most of that has come before the COVID break. He hasn't been very good since. So, you know, we'll see about him. And then 20th is Brooks Kapka coming in. So listen, he's got the form Ryan, but like. Yeah, I mean, doesn't really fit for this list if you're a big believer in that. If you just want to go with that, so I don't know. We'll see, but uh, it's it's interesting how that stat has held up for the Masters. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. I mean, like Augusta, that's a pretty long-term like, trend too. It it is. I mean, we talk about the U.S. Open. Oh, that's the toughest test of golf. But with the Masters, like you have to have everything on point. You got to have a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. You got to have really good with your irons. You got to be a really good scrambler, and then you got to be able to navigate these tricky greens. So, um, I think that I mean that's probably why that stat holds. Just you have to do a little bit of everything really well. And it seems like that's when we look at the guy who wins every year. It seems like all right, that was the best player won. So well, except for except for Molinari, I think Molinari was the best player last year, and he did. Oh god, so, dude! Fucking what yeah, a, what a heartbreak, dude! I had so much money on him, <laughs> and so much like I was like I think I was literally 100 percent exposed to him on DK. 
And I was like, oh, oh, water. Oh, 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 water, water again. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Come on, man. Happening. And you could just feel it that whole day. Tiger was like just stalking him and was going to take it. You could feel it. Like you could feel he was going to take it. Like I woke up feeling good about it. And then by like the third hole, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, Tiger's going to get this motherfucker, man. <laughs> well, he was hitting it all over the map. He couldn't find a green. No. It just. That 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 was due to fate on him. He's only sixty seven hundred. Right, so he is, and he actually played pretty well this week. I know. So we will see. So, all right. So last thought, Bryson, and we and I have been dropping hints in the Slack channel with you, past couple podcasts about what I think Bryson's going to do, and I'm going to make a bold call here. I think Bryson is going to set the scoring record. I think Tiger's scoring record of minus eighteen falls this week. Really? I, so there, and there's a lot of things at play. So first off, there was Kyle Porter's article from CBS sports about what iron he's going to hit in every green. Right. And according to him, 16 of 18 holes was going to be nine iron or shorter. The only holes he was going to have a five iron or something in there was number four, the 240 yard par three that you love for some reason. And number it's eight, hard. which is which it's a hard plays hole. Uphill, which plays uphill. So that, I mean, there's been some jokes going on like about how, well, is he just going to have a driver, like a three wood, a five iron, and then like 10 wedges just to like really fill in the caps. So like, right. sure you can like get his yards in. I mean, it, it could work there. So, but so there was an article yesterday that came out from golf.com and it called, I mean, it's clickbait, right. you know, it's a quote unquote jaw dropping round. And, you know, I mean, I've seen this article float around about Bryson a couple times. Like it had it at Wingfoot. Apparently he had a really good practice round. I'm like, oh, pff, whatever. Right. No, he ended up winning the tournament. <laughs> uh, apparently he shot 59 at the Shriners. He ended up being first round leader that day. You know, I, he had a bad Saturday, but he was, he played really well that week too. And we haven't seen him since. So, let me tell you some of the clubs he had into some of the holes. And this is, it is kind of jaw dropping what he did. So <laughs> number one, so on number one, so you have the long par four. Um, it plays, I think it plays towards the Northeast. So if you get a North wind, it's, it's pretty tough. You have a bunker about 295, 300 yards out. You got to carry uh, the fairway slopes, you know, left to right there. Um, he hit a wedge into number one, which means he carried the bunker. And like, uh, and like a lot of things with like a lot of landing zones, there's a lot of uneven lines in Augusta national, but like once you hit it past all these areas, like the golf course isn't designed to like, they didn't think about, Oh, right. is this guy going to be hitting here? <laughs> it might be a completely flat lie from where he's hitting from. So, right. so he had a wedge in number one. He, so he drove the green on three, he hit a three wood Jesus. over the green, 350 yards over the green on three. Uh, he had a sand wedge into nine. That's that's Carolina cherry. That's the hole I like. It's the one that's downhill. It goes uphill. Yeah, yeah I like it's that. That's severely slope green. That like you see guys putt off it like oh, all, yeah, like, yeah, down all the way down fast. Yeah. So he so he had a sand wedge into nine. He had a pitching wedge into ten. That long sweeping oh, par four is downhill with that random centerline so, bunker that's like four hundred yards away that shouldn't be yeah. in play. He almost made it to there. He hit a pitching wedge on ten. He had a nine iron into eleven. That's unreal. Most guys are hitting five iron from the top of the hill there. He had a nine iron to 11. Uh, so 13 was so he's, how he played. So, he so on that, he's, he's going over the hill. He's getting run. Right. And that, and, and then he's just, well, I mean, it, it might be just because he has so much club head speed. He can hit a nine iron in because it's, 
there comes a point with number 11 where it goes, it slopes downhill. You don't want to have a downhill hit shot. Wow. Any exactly. Grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the fact he's hitting a nine iron into 11 <laughs> is nuts. Yeah. So 13, how he played it, he played a three wood and then he had a seven iron in. So a seven iron into the par five. Uh, he had a nine iron into 15, the par five there The you know, it's a really narrow, small green. If you're landing a nine iron from really high in, I mean, you're going to, that's an automatic birdie hole. And then on 17, he has sand wedge in. So this, this is scary what he's doing and pretty fucking, and it's National, pretty goddamn impressive. Like <laughs> it's, it, it's very impressive. And we see, I mean, like Ty, Tiger Woods, why he was so dominant there, he hit the ball farther and higher than yeah. anybody he played with. And Bryson is hitting it farther and higher than anyone is that he's playing against. And at Augusta National with these very complex greens that are, you know, have a lot of unique sloping and everything and very tucked pin positions, small targets. If you're hitting wedges and short irons and all these greens, like I, how are you making bogey? Like you're just, you're either going to hit it close. You're going to pop it up in the green. Like it's, it, he is, I, I am so worried what he's going to do to this golf course. And, and the last thought, so maybe don't be worried. Maybe just like, hey, maybe we'll sit back and just watch and just be like so impressed. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, like, I, I'm wor- I'm worried from the standpoint because the last time this happened, when Tiger run ruck shot over it, they end up Tiger proving it, kind of ruined the U.S. National. I wonder what they're going to do this time. The last thought on Bryson is the weather. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid, and it's going to rain a lot. And he hits it higher than anybody he carries it farther than anybody. So he's going to be able to carry it a mile because of hot temperatures. The ball is going to compress and you got all these shorter hitters. And once it hits the ground, it's not going to go anywhere. Like, you know, poor Ricky this week, <laughs> not going to be able to get any like a run as, Yo, as driver. Ricky is so, Ricky is priced cheaper than, uh, than uh, Jordan. Can you believe that? I, can you believe that? I, I can't, I can't wait for a uh, Kramer to ask me what I think about Ricky this week. That's, that's going to be a nice one. That should be. I speed 8,200 on DFS. Because of the history, buddy. Because of the history. So oh. anyway, so so to finish my thought, he's hitting short wedge in all these greens. The weather is setting up well for Bryson. I I'm having a hard time getting away from it. He's winning, which probably means I'm not going to go too crazy on outrights. I'm probably going to do a lot of money on Match matchups, props. props, cuts, like all that stuff. I just, cause it, in my bones, I can't justify betting someone under 10 to one, but I just, I see the train coming guys. And I really think, and I mean, the, the one thing you know, people are like, oh, well, he doesn't have his green reading books. Well, what, I mean, I, I can just imagine what he did on his practice round, just took like five or six balls, probably rolled them out there, probably calculated the stamp and the slope and everything probably knows it by memory, but what each yeah. green does, and he's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm done doubting this guy. Cause at the end of the day, like he's a, you know, we want to make fun of him for being this mad scientist, but golf is physics. Yeah. All right. You hit the ball hard. It goes a certain way and there's gravity and wind and everything like that. And the guy has just figured it out what a golf ball does in different environments. Yeah. And if this is how he's going to approach Augusta national, we're basically just doing driver wedge on almost every hole. It could get ugly on the leaderboard as far as him just blowing everybody out. So I guess what could, what could, stop him. Well, if he doesn't hit his wedges, well, I mean, if, 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 if he just is missing with his wedges and he's got to scramble, scrambling is one of the least, you know, not 
It's not, it, it's one of his weaker parts of the game. If he right. doesn't putt well, I mean, maybe the greens reading, maybe there is something to it. You know, the green reading book does help him out. Maybe it doesn't putt that great. That might bring somebody in. But I think if you're going to approach this tournament, you know, as far as looking at outrights, I think you need to look at just like, oh, well, not from like, oh, well, this guy can win. I think you need to think of it. Who can beat Bryson? Like, because I think all roads are going to go through him. And like, who has what it takes with their game to take this guy down? Because I, I think at the end of the day, like, he's going to be the big bad boss at the end of the video game that you got to beat in Mike order Tyson. to win. Yeah. <laughs> For all you millennials, it was a game called Mike Tyson Punch Out, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> the, um, yeah. All right, man. I mean, look, uh, we certainly got a lot to chew on. Um, we got. Yeah, man, we really got to dig in on some of these, uh, some of these matchup bets. And, and I hear what you say, like, not want to put money down on him, like under 10 to one. Cause obviously we missed like the window where everybody bought him like super early and got him 40 to one and stuff like that. But man, fucking money's money, man. Like whatever. I don't give a shit if it's the right number or not. If I think the guy's going to win, I'll throw some money down on it. <laughs> you know what there I mean? You go. Like, you know, like, like I know it's not the right number, but if it wins, then it wins. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I hear what you're saying about him. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I I just don't. I don't have the same feeling you do. Like I feel like he'll like do well, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna like lap this competition. Like I just don't. I just don't think he's going to. All right, we'll see. All right, um, all right. Well, listen. Uh, we have a shit ton of stuff coming up for you guys. <laughs> like Steve said, we got DFS coming. We got a bet show. We got a whole betting show coming. Steve's gonna uh, jump in on the uh, on the SGP uh, to uh, to bring some of those other listeners over here. And then, yeah, man, Slack channel. I mean, Steve is already breaking down holes. Like <laughs> it's uh it's a beautiful thing, man. Uh, we got a ton of content coming out for you. Um, yeah, that's it, man. So make sure to rate, like, and subscribe. Uh, like always, you can find me. Uh, on Twitter, Boston underscore Capper, and come to the Slack channel to talk to Steve and bother him. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's dropping all types of knowledge. But yeah, man, Masters Week. I mean, you want to say anything else, or uh, that's it? No, I mean, listen, I I know everybody's crazy about football, but football can wait this week, guys. This is special. This is Masters Week. I can see another. Exactly. It's 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 Masters, and listen, they're gonna have early covers from ten to three. You can afford to miss first three quarters of like Bengals Browns or whatever crap football game you want to watch, exactly. watch the masters, see what happens. And you can flip over. All right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's masters. All it's, this is masters week. Like football does not matter this week. It really doesn't. And I can say that now because my Patriots suck. So, you know, there a lot you of now, now I'm the, now I'm with the rest of you. Football fans having to watch a mediocre product. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome, to, welcome to reality, buddy. You're in the slums with me. I know it's so sad. But hey, you know what? You know it's not sad. It's fucking Masters Week, baby. Let's go. Yeah.